One of the things you may have noticed as you read the Gospels is seemingly how often Jesus is in controversy over the Sabbath. How often it is that someone criticizes him for doing a healing or other miracle on the Sabbath day. Now, this is fascinating for a number of reasons, but one of them is that by the time the Gospel of Luke was written down, the Sabbath was no longer an issue. Because by that point, the Jewish kingdom had been wiped out by the Romans. There was no longer any kind of civil structure. There's no longer any government structure. There wasn't even a religious structure to enforce people not working on the Sabbath or whatever other laws and rules people may have felt about the Sabbath. So to have so much of the gospel talk about the Sabbath is eye-catching. It's kind of unusual because after all, there, there is only so much space, so to speak, to talk about what Jesus taught and what Jesus did. There is so much more than what is in the Gospels. And so every time there's a controversy over the Sabbath, it's important to look at what else is happening in that moment. Because clearly, it wasn't just the Sabbath that the early Christians were concerned about as they were trying to figure out what to pass along to us. So the other thing that happens in this story is Jesus calls to a woman, touches her, and heals her. This is a story about a woman who is lifted up and pointed out and cared for in the midst of a fairly large crowd from the sounds of things. This is a person who normally would have been ignored at best, maybe even shunned a bit, because she had at least two strikes against her, maybe even three. She had the strike against her that she was female. And the time of Jesus being female was second class at best, maybe even third class if you counted older male children. This is a person, as a female, would have been overlooked. Second reason, she was infirm. She was bent over, it says. She had uh, some kind of back issue. And there's all too many people in the time of Jesus, and sadly sometimes even today, who think that if you have something physically wrong with you, God must be punishing you. Or at least you deserved it in some way. And therefore people can be judgmental of you and exclude you. So the woman had those two strikes, that she was a female and that she was not physically perfect. And then the third strike probably is that she was older because it said she had had this problem for 18 years and so at the very least she was probably middle-aged by our standards, perhaps even elderly by the standards of the time of Jesus. And an older woman, a woman who was no longer capable of bearing children or working hard in the home, was also someone who was disregarded. And so a, a person with three strikes against her was called to by Jesus and paid attention to and healed. This is shocking to many, many people in the time of Jesus. This is something that 
is just unheard of. It would have been interesting, and there are no stories like this, if Jesus had healed the leader of the synagogue instead of someone who was an outcast. But that's not Jesus' way. That's not God's way. Instead, someone who society said could be overlooked, could be ignored, could be politely disregarded, was lifted up by Jesus and taken care of and healed. He goes on, when he's criticized for doing this, to talk about an act of mercy towards an animal, where a donkey or an ox who's at the manger, the feeding trough, can be untied and taken to water, can get, can get a drink. This is an act of mercy, even for an animal. And so part of what we're supposed to gather from this is how crucial it is for us to perform acts of mercy. And we're to do it for anyone, someone with three strikes against them, someone who is an outcast, someone we think is not worthy, however it is that we think someone around us should not be loved by God or is not worth our time, we are called to take a second look and to love that person, to show mercy towards that person, to embrace that person, because Jesus did. Something interesting that happens grammatically in this story that's not clear in the English translation, it just doesn't occur in the English translation, is that the story begins and ends with a constant action verb. That the story, as we have it translated, is that Jesus is teaching in a synagogue. The Greek word here is an ongoing action. So a better translation would have been something like, Jesus was teaching in the synagogues. Jesus is continuing to do this, both grammatically and historically, but also now. And it ends with people being amazed by the miracles that Jesus is doing. And so this story has these two verbs that are to call us into an awareness of how what Jesus is doing, how Jesus is teaching, is happening even today. Because both these verbs are open-ended. They aren't cut off by time or space. They go on and on and on. And so we are reminded by the very structure of this story that what Jesus is talking about here and what he's teaching here is not just for that one synagogue somewhere in the region of the Galilee, but it's for all time, for all places, for all people, that we are called to be merciful, that we are called to look for the people around us who are forgotten, that we are called to be healers, uh, we are called to be people who reconcile, we are called to be people who forgive, and we do all this not because we're wonderful folks, though of course we are, but instead because God gives us what we need. In the same way that the ox and the donkey are led to water, God gives us what we need to be merciful and loving and forgiving and all those other gifts that are needed in any given situation in order to share God's love, in order to embrace the people around us, in order to welcome the stranger, to visit the sick, 
to visit the prisoners, all the things that Jesus talks about in the gospel and more, that we are called to be the hands of Jesus in the lives of the people around us, not through our own strength, not through our own abilities, but because God gives us what we need to be merciful, to be people of Christ's love. And so as we read through the scriptures, whenever we see something that seems a little bit off, and we may not even realize at first it is, but all this talk about Sabbath at a time when Sabbath is irrelevant, we need to look to see what else is there. What else has happened? And what do you know? Usually it's a sign, usually it's a description of how God is loving us in unexpected ways, us the human race. That God is reaching out to us, that God is healing us, that God is restoring us, God is transforming us in ways we don't deserve, in ways we don't expect, in ways that happen when over and over again Christ calls out to us, touches us, and makes us whole and holy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.